Chapter 58 The Horse Collector Sipping and skinny dipping and steel guitars and stars are just as good as Hollywood and them boogie woogie bars. Gonna buy me a vest and head out west, my lady and myself. And when I come to town, they're gonna gather round, they're gonna marvel at my little baby's health. Because I just wanna be a cosmic cowboy. And I just wanna ride in rope and a hoop. I just want to be a cosmic cowboy A supernatural country rockin' galoot Try one, Andy! Although I no longer enjoyed any breeding contracts at the larger horse ranches, 
I continued to see horses for other clients. Many of these folks were becoming tired of their horses. Some were older animals, left over from the days when the kids were still at home, now more interested in gasoline, perfume, and alcohol instead. Other people were moving out of the area and didn't want to take their horses with them. Some were getting too old to ride and just wanted them given out to a good home. Soon, the old ostrich pens were populated with horses named Blackie, Dharma, Lucy, Lenny, and Shiloh, in addition to Candy Bar, Mocha, and Casey, who were already members of the Shadowmere Riding Club. Lucy was the first horse to be added to the club. I arranged to meet her and try her out at one of the gatherings. At the time, she had a name other than Lucy, which I cannot recall. I rode her the entire day and felt confident about her trustworthiness. She was a bit skittish, but seemed honest. She appeared to be trying to please me in spite of her nervous hesitancy. I felt I could bring the best out of her after riding her for a while. I had no trailer to bring her home in, and I asked Janie if I could borrow hers. She was all right with it, so I hooked it onto the back of my vet truck, loaded Lucy up at the Green Valley Ranch near Cambria, and began the drive home. Janie's horse trailer was dated and cramped, but free. There was no roof. It had just two metal hoops in the front and back, but the sides were sturdy. Patiently, I coerced this new horse into a small open trailer and tied her lead rope to a front part of the trailer. Things were fine. I felt great turning south on Highway 1 with the ocean on my right and my new horse behind me, which was cool. As I turned away from the beach up Highway 41 towards Atascadero, I glanced in my rearview mirror, and I didn't see the horse. I immediately pulled to the side. When I ran back to the trailer, I found the horse upside down. Somehow she'd gotten her panties all twisted up in a bunch, and she was strangling herself on the now too tight rope. Her feet were in the air, and there was an extreme tension on her lead rope. I quickly dug a knife from the vet supplies and cut the cord. A fellow from the gathering passed by and stopped to see what the ruckus was about, offering his help. Grab her back feet, pull her out, and don't get kicked. Ready? One, two, three. We slid Lucy onto the ground. The openness allowed her to regain her footing. As she was finding her feet, I yelled at my helper to grab onto a cut lead rope and hold on to her for me. I needed to tranquilize this nitwit if I was going to get her home safely. Rummaging through my drug cabinet, I pulled out a tranquilizer combination, found the horse's jugular vein, and injected the sedative. We pushed on the rear end of the horse, forcing her back into the trailer. I found another rope, tying her back into the previous but upright position, and started home again after thanking my helper. We made it home with no more mishaps, but that was only because I sedated Lucy. Once home, I opened the gate and drove the truck and trailer into the horse pasture. I pulled the horse out by her tail, and she wandered off while I closed up and left. Later, when I went back to check on the horse, I saw her collapsed on the ground. She had wandered off to a corner separate from the others and was on her side, not moving. I ran up to her. The eyes blinked. There was a good capillary refill time, and the horse did not seem to be in distress. I had ridden her all day at the gathering, and the trip home had been a horrendous ordeal for her. She was thoroughly exhausted. I decided this would be a good time to vaccinate her, and I gave her an anti-inflammatory drug. Another thought entered my mind. While she was down, I got out my horse floats to follow her teeth. So I did dentistry and vaccinations, as well as NSAID treatment on my new horse. And that's when I named her Lucy. I had a red-headed nitwit of a horse with a penchant for self-destruction. 
so I called her after the iconic movie star. The next day, Lucy was up and walking around, but it was not until three or four days later she found herself a place in the pecking order of the current herd at Shadowmere. Blackie was another horse I inherited through family disinterest. I was called out to treat him for a colic. The colic was from sand because he was not being fed regularly. The woman was going through a divorce, and the kids no longer had any interest in taking care of their horse. He was developing sand colic because he was searching too hard for too little food. After I had treated her horse, the owner asked me if I wanted him. Sure, I replied, and returned the next day with a trailer. Adam bonded quickly to Blackie. Casey died of old age in his corral a few months earlier, and Adam lost the horse he was used to riding. So we tried out the new horse. I loaded both Blackie and Lucy into a horse trailer. Driving them to the Green Valley Ranch, we ran the horses through the cattle pastures. Neither Janie nor David were home, so Adam and I unloaded the horses and scrambled about the property for an hour or so. Blackie knew his cues and responded readily to Adam. If Pete ever found us doing something like this without permission, he would be forever scolding Janie that her friends just lost the family thousands of beef dollars by exciting those cows to no end that afternoon. Blackie was the only horse I ever saw who would sit down like a dog. Adam and I drove to Templeton one evening to be part of a team penning competition. Each side had three riders on horseback. The cowboys were presented with 30 cattle in front of them, each numbered. The game started when the announcer yelled out three numbers, and it was up to the three cowboys to separate these three from the herd. You only had a few minutes to do it, and the team with the shortest time won the event. A team could enter as many times as they wanted, but the entry fee for each team was $20 a person for each new entry. At $60 a run, I counted more than 20 competitions from all the participants, making at least $1,200 for the organizers. Figuring they could increase those numbers, they announced free pizza for everyone. Grabbing some pizza, Adam and I partnered with Tony, a client of mine, and we queued up outside the arena, waiting for our turn. The first run was a nightmare. We couldn't seem to coordinate our team, and the closing buzzer went off way too soon. I paid another $60 for a second try, making sure I ate more of the expensive pizza, and again waited for our turn. The buzzer went off, and Tony and I raced our horses into the herd, but Adam wasn't with us. Looking back, I saw Blackie sitting down, on the ground, just like a big dog. He had merely plopped his ass down on the sand. What happened, Tony yelled, unable to see the sit-in demonstration. Blackie's tired. He's sitting this one out, Tony, I trotted over. Adam was sitting on Blackie's back at an awkward 45-degree angle. I had never seen a horse sit down like a dog before. Soon the ending buzzer went off, and Blackie jumped on all fours when he saw his friends leave the stadium. Or maybe he was circus-trained to jump to a bell. Adam stayed on him like glue the entire time. I was impressed, but we were given no awards for exotic tricks, and I was tired of throwing $20 bills away. Plus, we were sick of pizza. My horse herd numbers ebbed and flowed. There were times when I had eight horses to feed and take care of, and the neighbors came up telling me they really, really needed to have one of them. I let many of them go to the right homes for free, but I still retained my exclusive girls, Candy Bar and the dizzy redhead, Lucy. End of chapter. Thank you for listening. The entire autobiography can be purchased as an old-fashioned paper book or an e-book, as well as an 11-disc audiobook set, or can be downloaded from the audiobook site Spotify. More details are on my website, jeadvm.com. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you.